0: Hello students, I am Dr. Shalini Jain and today we are going to deal with another story called The Rat Trap. This story has been written by Selma Lagerlof and she was a Swedish writer. So the story is based in Sweden and the theme of this story is that no person is born bad. There's an essential goodness in everyone. See, none of us, when, when we were born, we came with a pre-conceived uh, idea that this is who I am going to be. It is the circumstances that changed us. So the writer believes that there is an essential goodness in someone and in case, uh, you know, a person takes a wrong route also, he can be converted into a good person by showing kindness, by showing confidence, by friendship and so on. Now the story is set in Sweden and it's about a man who sells rat traps. We can call him a vagabond, we can, we can call him a peddler, we can call him, call him a rogue. Uh, you have a number of names here which he is called by. Now for making these rat traps, he sometimes steals the stuff. At other times he picks up the stuff from where people discard certain things. And then he makes these rat traps, he hangs them around his shoulders And he goes around all day selling these rat traps, trying to sell these rat traps. Now obviously he is not earning too well, so he is weak, his cheeks are sunken. The writer says he had to work very hard to keep his body and soul together, means he had to work very, very hard to survive. Now one day while he is plodding along the road, he comes across a theory in which he says, that this whole world is a rat trap. Just like you put cheese in a rat trap and the mouse is attracted to that cheese, it walks in into the rat trap, the moment it bites the cheese, the rat trap closes on it. Similarly, he says, he says, you know, uh, a man is full of greed. Now, each one of us wants a better lifestyle. Alright? And to achieve that lifestyle, we we work harder and harder and harder. Now for a person like him, well he needed to survive. So if he was taken in by a bait, if he wanted that extra money, it was okay for him because he needed that money to survive. But why do you think the richer men of the country like Tata's and Ambani's, they are still caught in a rat trap? They want to improve their status. And to improve their status, they want to do better and better and better and better. So they are also caught in a rat trap because they are always striving to be one up. Our luxuries never end. They are always driving us on. Now this man when he starts thinking that okay, not only me, these people are also caught in a rat trap. Now he is very very amused and he is very pleased that even the richer people are caught in this rat trap and he wants to patent this theory. He says, this is my theory that this whole world is a rat trap. And one day, while one evening while he was walking along, you know, it was getting really cold and he wanted a place to stay. So he saw a one little cottage where there was a light burning. So he started walking towards that cottage and the whole idea behind that was that he would knock at the door and seek permission to stay outside in the veranda. But when the door opened, there was a crofter outside. Now, crofter is a person who was a kind of a supervisor in one of the mills. So when he opened the door, this man was without a wife, no children, children had also moved out. So he was staying all alone. And he welcomed this... Uh, vagabond there. He says, okay, why don't you come in? Now, not only did he give him a warm soup to have, he also gave half his tobacco roll to him. He wanted to talk to him and he went on chatting, chatting, chatting with him. Then he asked him to sleep inside only. And, you know, before sleeping, they played a game of cards called M. Jolis Both of them, They kept on playing till late in the night and then both of them went to sleep. Now, while he was talking to him, uh, he told him that, you know, he was a crofter, and now that he was retired, he had this this cow. Now, this cow used to give him so much of milk, he said, that he could uh, save a lot of money. And he, he calls him bossy. He says, yes, the bossy gives me enough milk. It was an extraordinary cow. Now, the rat-trap seller was not really interested in what he was saying. All he was interested in was that he was in a warm house and he wanted to go to sleep. Now, when this crofter looked at him and he found that he was totally disinterested, he felt that he was not believing what he said about Bossy. So, he went to the window, he pulled down his bag and he took out 30 kroner notes from the bag and he showed it to him. He says, see, this is the amount of money that I have been able to save by selling the milk. Now, the man obviously, you know, he was he was still not very interested, but he knew now where the money was kept. And in the morning, they both got up and they both went their own way. The crofter got up early to look after his cow. So, the rat trap seller also had to get up and both of them, one went on one side and the other went on the other side. Now half an hour later, the rat trap seller was back standing in front of the same house. Now he knew exactly where the money was kept. So he broke the window pane, he took out the bag, took out the the money, he hung the bag back and he went on his way thinking that he was really smart. If the crofter did not want the money to be gone then he should not have told him about it. He should have kept it a secret about where he kept the money. So he thought he was extraordinarily smart and he walked off. Now when he was going on the road he felt what if the police comes? So he decided not to take the main road. He decided to walk through the forest when he started walking through the forest. He kept on walking, 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 walking and he realized that he was not able to cross the forest. After a while he realized that he was going around in circles. It was almost evening. It had started getting dark. Now this man was scared and he felt that he, he was now caught in his own rat trap. He had stolen the money. He had got scared of the police and now he was stuck in the forest. Now he was scared of the wild animals there. It was getting dark and it was also going to rain hard. So he did not know what to do. Now since it was late in December, it was very very cold. Now ultimately when he could not find his way, he decided to lie down under a bush and then wait and see what would happen if the animals came, well they would come and then he would see what to do about it. So he lay down under the bush. The moment he put his head on the ground, he could hear a thumping noise. Now most of us, you know, up to class 10, we do study science and we know that sound travels. It is faster than light. So he could hear that thumping sound and he realized you know, you can put your ear on the train rail and you would realize that the train is coming or it is if it is not coming. Because you can hear the, the vibration is there, the sound is already there. So he realized that there was a mill somewhere around and he started moving in that direction. Now after walking for a certain amount of time, he came across this mill. Now all the window panes of that mill, they were covered with soot. Now, this area where the story is set now it is very, very rich in iron ore. So, this was probably a small little mill to smelt the iron. Smelting is when you uh, melt the iron and you remove all the bag. Now, when he entered this uh, mill, he entered unnoticed. Now there were a few reasons for it, and this question comes very often that how could he get into the mill unnoticed and there were four reasons number one the the big bellows were groaning and the coal was crackling now the fire boy the person who was working with this coal he was shoveling the coal into the maw of the uh, furnace with a great deal of clatter he was making a lot of sound while doing it Now the coal obviously, since it was raining, so it was crackling and it was making a lot of noise. Outside, there was a waterfall that was making, adding on to the noise. And the rain was falling on this tiled roof. So that was also making a lot of noise. So four things here that could let this man enter unnoticed. And since there were two people working there, there was this uh, supervisor and this young boy who was shoveling the charcoal into the maw of the furnace. Now both these people were dressed in thin shirts and they were dressed in wooden boots. Now, why wooden boots? Because the ground obviously would be very very warm and wood is an insulator so they were wearing wooden boots. And since they were standing so close to the furnace that is why they were perspiring. So they were wearing only thin shirts. Both these men they saw the peddler walk in but both of them did not pay any attention to him. Why didn't they pay attention to him? Because there was nothing to steal there. There was just the iron ore or even the refined iron for that matter. What could he have taken from there? Secondly, they knew that he had come for the warmth that the furnace provided Because there were others also, there were so many people who would come, who would wait there, warm themselves up and then go away. Thirdly, they believed he was a vagabond. This man, the peddler, he asked for permission to stay, but the supervisor did not even deem it fit to answer his question. In fact, he just nodded and he said, Okay, so he just walked up very close and lay down close. In fact, so close that the steam was seen rising from his clothes. He put his hat on his face and he just wanted to relax for some time now that he was safe. After some time, the iron master, the person who owned the mill, he walked in. Now he was an ambitious person and he wanted to churn out the best iron that was there in the country. So he used to make Unannounced visits to these mills, to this mill every now and then. Now, when he walked in and he saw this tramp lying down, he wanted to know who he was. So he just picked up the hat from his face and in that light, he thought that he was his friend Niels Olof. If you remember class 10, you, you had done a poem called The Mirror and in that, you know, the writer, uh, she had said, that in the, uh, in the firelight or in the candlelight, you don't really get to know the real person who's there. You can't really make out the real face. It hides the main features. The same thing happened with the Iron Master. He thought it, it was his friend Niels Olive and he started talking to him. The Iron Master had been in the military and at that time, Niels Olive had been his comrade and friend. He started telling him that he shouldn't have left the army, had he been there, he would have never let him leave the army and so on. And then he told him, he said, why don't you come to my house and stay there? What what has become of you? Let me help you. Now this Vagabond, he did not want to go to the Iron Master's house. One basic reason was that He had stolen the money and he felt that if they came to know that he had stolen the money, well, he would be an easy prey there and he wouldn't be able to run away from there. So he did not want to go there at all. He told the Iron Master in so many words, he said no. Secondly, he thought that if he is feeling so sad for me, then probably he will give me some money and then he will go away. He did not say that he was not meal solid. He was expecting him to give him some money. But when the Iron Master kept insisting, he just told him, he says I would not like to go to your house. Now after a while the Iron Master gave up and he decided to go away. The Iron Master went to his house and this um, peddler again he put his slouch chat on his face and he went, tried to go to sleep. Now after a while, a carriage stopped outside the mill and from that carriage, Edla got down. Edla was the Iron Master's daughter. His sons were away and Edla used to stay with the Iron Master. She is not a very pretty girl but yes, she was a confident girl. Now she got down and behind her, the valet he walked in and this valet was carrying a fur coat. Now, as they walked in, Edla saw this man lying next to the fire. The moment she saw him, she wanted to speak to him, but she realised a few things. Those were the first impressions that she made. One was that this man was extremely frightened. His behaviour was as if he had stolen something. Secondly, it seemed as if he had run away from jail. Or he was being chased by the police and thirdly the moment she saw him she felt that this man lacked education there was nothing in this man that could uh, that could tell you that he was ever educated you know if a person is educated it is seen from far but you couldn't tell that this man was educated at all But still, since she had come on her father's behalf, she tried to speak to him. Now, the question that is often asked is, why did the peddler accept Edla's invitation? Now, one thing was that she was very, very humble. She tried to speak to him. She gave him the confidence to speak to her. And when he hesitated, she told him that it was Christmas Eve. And since she was inviting him to, her, to their place, he was allowed to leave any time he wanted without asking any questions. Now this man felt that this girl was really compassionate. She somehow built in a confidence in him and he agreed to go with her. Now that night he just slept off. Next day morning, the Iron Master, who was very happy that Neil Soloff had come to his place, he told his servants, that he should be shaved, he should be washed, and he he gave his own suit to him. And after all that had done, when the tramp came down, when the peddler came down the stairs, uh, the uh, Iron Master was waiting for him. And at that time he realised he is not the person he was expecting him to be. Now He was not pleased. And he told him that uh, since he had been impersonating Neil Soloff he would now call the sheriff and the sheriff would deal with him. At that time, the peddler defended himself and he said, Firstly, mister, I did not ask to come here. You literally forced me to come here. I begged you to let me stay in the mill itself. Secondly, he said, no harm has been done. I came here, I slept, I can always change and I can go back. Thirdly, he said, I will put on my rags again and leave you to it. Iron master said, but you know, this was not right. It was not quite honest. You know, sheriff should deal with you. At that time, the peddler, he lost his cool and he said, Mr. Iron master, I will tell you what things are. This world is nothing but a big rat trap. And he explained his theory of the world being a rat trap to him. Now the Iron Master was so amused, he started laughing and ultimately, you know, he said, okay, you seem to be a good fellow, but then maybe we should leave the sheriff alone on Christmas Eve. Maybe he doesn't need to be called. Now while all this was going uh, going on, Edla walked in and she uh, interceded on behalf of this peddler. Now, this question is also asked, why did she intercede on his behalf? Now, firstly, she said that he was a homeless guy and for a change, probably, he was getting to celebrate Christmas with a family. Secondly, she said that it was in the spirit of Christmas Eve that he be allowed to stay there. You know, in Hindus, you uh, you tend to help people on Diwali. The Christians they want to help people during Christmas time. So she was motivated by piety for this man. Thirdly, she felt that you know they had intended, they had invited the peddler even though he did not want to come. They had literally forced him to come there. And since they were the ones who had forced him to come, they were in no position to ask him to leave. Now, having heard his daughter speak like that, the Iron Master agreed to let him be. And he also felt that, okay, since there were only the two of them, it would be nice to have a third person there for Christmas. Now, once this was sorted out, they had their breakfast and everything, and this peddler, he decided to go to sleep. So he went up and he went off to sleep. Probably for the first time, he was so secure that these people knew that he was a vagabond. Still, they had allowed him to stay there. He was feeling so secure that he kept on sleeping, sleeping, sleeping. Lunchtime, again he was woken up. Okay, mister, have lunch. So, he came down, had lunch, went back and went off to sleep again. In the evening time, he was woken up yet again by these people to come and celebrate Christmas and sit next to the Christmas tree. Now, while the gifts were being exchanged, the uh, the Iron Master, he said, Okay, the suit that you are wearing, this is my Christmas gift to you, and you can keep it. Edla told him that whenever you feel that you want to celebrate Christmas with us, you are most welcome to come back. Now, these were the two Christmas gifts that he got after having the christmas fair again he went up and again he went off to sleep Now, morning you know the christians they go for their night mass and then they uh, they go in the morning also for to the church on christmas day so they left him sleeping and both the father and the daughter they went there to the church now while they were at the church the crofter also was there and he told the whole story to them he described the person who had robbed him. At that point, both of them realized that the peddler that who was sleeping in their house was probably the same man who had robbed the crofter. Now, immediately the Iron Master he started losing his cool and he started telling Edla that it was because of you that I kept him. And now there won't be even a single spoon left in the house by the time we reach back. Now, Edla was even more dejected. Number one, she realized that even though she was a good person, she probably had been taken for a ride. Secondly, she was the one who had, you know, begged her father to allow him to stay. Now, as soon as they stopped the car, both of them ran inside the house and they asked the valet, if the stranger was still there. The valet told him that the peddler had left. But before going he had left a little package for Miss Wilmonson. Now the young girl she opened the package while the father went around to check if something was missing from the house. The moment she opened the package she she gave a cry of joy. All the contents they fell out of the uh, package. Now she found a small rat trap there, there were 3 wrinkled notes, 10 krona notes there and also there was a letter. Now in that letter he had written that since Edla had been so nice to him all day long as if he was a real captain, he did not want to embarrass her by doing anything wrong. He wanted to leave all his wrongdoings behind. He did not want to embarrass her in this Christmas season and he also asked her to return those three ten-kroner notes to the man who lived by the roadside and that happened to be the crofter. Now he told her that the rat trap was a Christmas present. He called himself a rat and he said that if she had not rescued this rat, he probably would have been caught in this rat trap. Forever, And he then he signed it as Captain Von Stahl. Now, why Captain Von Stahl? Why not Niels Oluf? You know, in that part of the world. Well, they have very, very long names. The name could have four parts, five parts, just like a South Indian name. Now, the question that is often asked is, why did he sign off as Captain Von Stahl? Now, he had come here on the mistaken identity of the captain. And now he was leaving as a good man, just like a captain would have been. That is why he signed off as Captain Von Stahl. Now, as far as Edla was concerned, well, her belief that every person is good had held true. And the genuine goodness of the person had come to the fore. Thank you.